hello. Welcome to Healthy Perspectives, a podcast that takes on current cultural and social issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. All right. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. And today I'm going to talk to you about two different topics that you might not see overlap in and there's massive overlap. Okay. Number one, I want to talk about population and overpopulation. It's a big topic within the culture. The other topic I want to discuss is suicide. And you might not see the connections right away, but hang with me. The premise is this. The culture will always, 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 and if you've listened to me for any length of time, the culture will always follow the path of the individual. The individual will always create the culture. It doesn't go the other way around. It just doesn't. Okay, so that's the premise. So let's start with, <clears throat> does suicide matter? Because this is obviously a very sensitive topic. For those of you who are, are new here with me, please be very aware that I address all sorts of hard topics. And if you're not ready for this, do me a favor. Push pause, push stop. Don't listen. Not because I don't want you to benefit from what we have to offer you here today, but because I do not want you to be in a really dark, hard place all alone. Just don't do that. Find some friends that are, are good and healthy and sit down and listen together if you're in that spot. Let's start with this. Suicide. Does suicide matter? Yes, it absolutely does. Suicidal ideation is a big deal. As a clinical counselor, I deal with all kinds of things and I have for many, many years. And suicide, uh, self-harm, suicidal ideation, uh, homicide, homicidal ideation, all of these things are really big topics. With suicide, I want you to know there is nobody on this planet and definitely not in the United States who is immune to the effects of suicide. Uh, most people, I would say, by the time they are you know, in high school or college or thereabouts, have encountered at least one, if not many, suicides. And yes, suicide can be contagious. Uh, I know it's not considered a contagion, but once it's a viable option in a community, we have seen pattern after pattern after pattern of increased numbers of suicides. So super quick, give you some, uh, some, some data. If you live in California, there were 4,148, 4,148 confirmed suicides in 2021. Now the CDC puts this data out. This is confirmed suicides. So if there's ongoing investigations, supposedly they're not in this list. Okay. Uh, if you were in Arizona, there was 1,475. That's a big deal. 
right? If you're in Texas, 4,193. If you were in Florida, 3,351. If you're like, whoo, he stayed to the South. Okay, let's go to the North. If you were in Maine, which is a much smaller population than all of the places I've stated so far. 277. You go to little tiny, uh, you know, New Hampshire, 223. You go, how about Vermont? 142. Well, now you're on the East Coast, Jeremiah. What about the West Coast? How about Washington? Washington had 1,229 individuals with confirmed suicide in 2021. Oregon, 889. Idaho, 387. Look, it is everywhere. How about the middle of the country? Kansas City, 560. Iowa, 549. Minnesota, 808. Wisconsin, 905. Illinois, 1,454. Look, it does not discriminate. Yes, there are populations that are affected more than other populations. But everybody is impacted. All of the United States is impacted. And this isn't just true in the United States. This happens globally. Suicide is much more prevalent in some places than others. Let's just talk about it. In the United States, the highest rate is in for cities, Tulsa, Oklahoma is number 15. Phoenix, Arizona is number 14. Fresno, California, 13. You know, the list goes on. Portland, Oregon, 12. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 11, right? Wichita, Kansas, 10. Number nine is Jacksonville, Florida. It's hitting everyone, everywhere across the nation. Okay, Denver, Colorado is number eight. Miami, Florida, seven. Number six is Mesa, Arizona. Albuquerque, New, New Mexico is number five. Sacramento, California is number four. Now, why am I going through this whole list? I want you to see it's all over the place, folks. I'm making a point here. Tucson, Arizona is number three. Colorado Springs, Colorado is number two. And number one is Sin City itself, Las Vegas, Nevada, with an annual rate of 34.5 per 100,000. That's enormous. And that's enormously sad. Carrying on, we'll we'll talk about names. Let's get to let's get to names of people. You should know some of the names. Matter of fact, you probably have a name coming to your mind right now. Somebody who you know or knew who committed suicide. But I'm gonna come from this list of celebrities, people who should be well-known. Now, I don't know all of these people, but I am not somebody who keeps track of celebrities well. But you, you have Stephen Boss, Jason Frank. Uh, you had Julie Cruz, Lindsey Perlman, Naomi Judd, Matthew Mindler, Mike Howe, John McAfee, Lil Loaded, Houston Tumlin, Kent Taylor, Michael Wolf, Nate Burrell, Daisy Coleman, Benjamin Co. I'm not actually 100%. Grandson of Elvis. Uh, 
the, the list goes on and on and on. And from every neck of the wood. Like, look, these are, there's actors and actresses, there's singers and songwriters, there's, uh, you know, people who are children of famous people. And the thing is, this is just the famous people, folks. That's it. Just the famous people. There's a lot of ordinary people impacted by suicide. And I'm going to show a video here in a moment of some people who've lost people, some who are probably otherwise just ordinary folks who lost people to suicide. And I'm going to let them tell you their words. Now, why am I doing this? Because I want to make the point. Number one, suicide matters. It has to matter. We have to take it seriously. These lives matter. And the only way to deal with this is is to pay attention to it. So I'm giving it some attention. But then again, I also have a second point, right? I'm doing this because I want you to understand the reality of this problem. Then we're gonna talk about overpopulation. And then we're gonna talk about that friction point between them. All right, so hang with me. I know for those of you who started listening to this and it's pretty dark and it's pretty sad and it's pretty frustrating and you're wondering what you can do, look, we will talk about some options at the end. We will, because I always want you to have options. But I really want you to stick with me. If you've gone this far, stick with me for the rest of this, because it's it's just going to get way more interesting if uh, if you can stick it out. I know it's not easy, but please, please stick this out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share this video here. For those of you who are following along along on Rumble or YouTube, uh, you're seeing this right now. This gentleman lost somebody that he loved. All right. But it's going to clip over to somebody else for a moment. I, I strategically placed this clip so that uh, I could get you some parts that, that I really want you to have. Please, if you are not prepared for this, don't listen. If you have a heart, this is going to hurt. Okay, I assure you, this is going to hurt. So please, if you're not prepared for this, don't listen to the next clip. Here we go. When I found out about your passing, I was at home by myself after school. The doctor came in and he said you were gone. But I thought you had a heart attack. Towards high school, she told me the truth. She was like... Well, your father died, he had overdosed on, on pills or whatever. And we were supposed to see each other that weekend. So I broke down in tears, confused, mainly because I had just spoken to you. And I wanted to physically save you. I wanted to save you. And I didn't really know what to do. Folks, I shared that because it's so important for you to know that this is, this is absolutely not just a problem for you. It is not just a problem for me. It is a problem for the world around us. And these are real, real people. There's all kinds of help out there for you. So if you're in the position 
of uh, uh, feeling suicidal or you know somebody who is, of course, as a clinical counselor, as a healer and a helper of people, 988 suicide hotline, call it. Go to your local uh, police station or or uh, the hospital or the fire department. They will help you. They will help you get help if it's somebody else. And there's this different friction point that I'm going to start turning to, folks. Because as serious as suicide is, and I want you to know I'm absolutely serious about wanting people to have help for suicide. I'm here to give you a clinical perspective, not just on suicide, but on this whole argument and cultural debate about overpopulation. Because it could easily be argued for people who believe we are overpopulated. This insensitive, incorrect argument from a clinical counseling perspective, at least it's incorrect argument that people who commit suicide are controlling the population. Just write them off. Thank you for doing your duty to the world. Um, no, I cannot buy that. And I'm going to prove to you why that particular argument is ridiculous. Okay. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to show you. But before I do, before I do, I am going to explain this overpopulation thing. So overpopulation. Uh, in, in, the, the rate of population growth um, is, is growing exponentially. Uh, I'm going to have a little video clip here in a few minutes too. I'm going to show you what this looks like on a graph if you're following on Rumble or YouTube. But before that, I just want to give you some, some real clear information. Uh, the population of the world, uh, we, we guesstimate because <laughs> the, the census wasn't necessarily as good as it is today, or maybe, maybe it was better. Who knows? I mean, let's be real. Uh, we take a census all the time, and you know, the, we can't necessarily be completely 100% accurate. But around 1804, uh, it's suggested we reached a billion, one billion people on the planet. Now, uh, all, most of you know we're over 8 billion now. Um, in 2011, it was 7 billion. But if you back it up to 12 years earlier, 1999, it was 6 billion. You back it up 12, 13 years before that, it was Five billion. So you, you see some pretty rapid growth going on there. In 1960, there was only three billion. So we went from one billion in 1804 to three billion in 1960 to four to five to six. In in what 39 years, we went from three billion to six billion, doubled. That's massive, folks. I mean, there's there's no way around that. That's a massive population increase. And many people suggest that we are going to be resource depleted, unable to feed people if we keep this up. And there's a bunch of factors that come into, by the way, I got that information from the Population Media Center. 
um, it's it's just a, an organization that does stuff. Um, but there's a chance that we are gonna uh, we're gonna run into uh, challenges with uh, making sure we're able to feed people. Um, you know the the, the analogy. Uh, I'm gonna read to you uh, a little a little snippet of this Meg Waring who uh, put something out on Quora. Uh, her analogy is is interesting, um, uh, but a lot of people share this perception that uh, it says, uh, I'm going to use an analogy for overpopulation. Remember in grade nine science, when you grew bacteria in a Petri dish and it got bigger and bigger until it covered the entire surface and then the teacher made you throw it away. If you don't throw it away, it would have continued consuming the jelly stuff the agar uh, until it had consumed all of it. At which point, having run out of food, it would starve to death and die. The Petri dish was just fine uh, when there were one or two bacteria happily breeding along, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when there were hundreds of millions, it ate everything and ran out of food. She goes on to say, the earth is a Petri dish. The plants, animals, natural resources, and air are agar jelly. Yes, we have life cycles and replenish some of the agar, but the process can only work so fast. We are the bacteria. Now, with that mentality, you can understand the comment I made that is ridiculous. But in this context, it sounds reasonable. In this context, it sounds reasonable to say, well, and then if somebody commits suicide, good riddance. No. Oh my gosh, no, please no. That cannot be our mentality. Um, I will prove to you why that cannot be our mentality. There's two things that I'm going to show you. Um, one is, is this clip that I told you I was going to give you. Uh, not one of my favorite people uh, in terms of a lot of the things that he does. But in this particular situation, he's spot on with the research, spot on. And in, and a lot of people will know him. Uh, it's the gate, Bill Gates. Uh, and uh, there's, there's, it's, it's a really interesting little clip. Um, the other thing I'm going to show you is that uh, it's okay to think that the population is too big. But the solution is not going to be to murder people more, uh, have more earthquakes and floods. Now, if the earth just does that, that's one thing. But to create that is a different thing. So we, we shouldn't be celebrating suicide. We shouldn't be celebrating people dying in floods and tsunamis and, and, and earthquakes. That's not something we should do. But remember, from the overpopulation model, People would be like, whoo, there goes another 100,000 people. Keep it going. Keep it like that. That that is that is absolutely disgusting. And the reason it's disgusting is because it takes a cultural lens and says that's our primary lens. It does not take a psychological or individual lens and make that our primary lens. But the way culture grows is from the individual. So people who celebrate the cultural lens are going to distort the world for you and me. They're going to make people believe things that are absolutely 
not correct. Like we should celebrate death of people who committed suicide. Like we should celebrate uh, these massive um, earth rebalancing in, you know, by, by say having earthquakes and volcanoes blow up and tsunamis and like that's a war for crying out loud. People will sell up, literally people will celebrate war through the lens of overpopulation. And that's not healthy. It's not healthy at all because the lens is starting with the individual working to the social, then to the culture. All right. I'm going to move on to this little video clip that I told you I would, I would give you. It's, it's a pretty interesting short little clip. Uh, I, I hope you appreciate it. Um, but it's going to tell you, it's going to show you that, uh, that psychology, the individual drives the culture, but it also drives the population. Psychology drives the population. So without further ado, here you go. I'm going to give it to you right now. Is as we make the world healthier, is the population going to get so big that feeding everybody and maintaining the environment is going to be impossible? Here we can see a chart that looks at the total world population over the last several hundred years. And at first glance, this is a bit scary. We go from less than a billion in 1800, and then three, four, five, six, and 7.4 billion where we are today is happening even faster. So Melinda and I wondered whether providing new medicines and keeping children alive, would that create more of a population problem? What we found out is that as health improves, families choose to have less children. And this effect is very, very dramatic. We find that in every country of the world, this is repeated. The population growth goes down as we improve health. So we Okay, I'm going to stop right there for you folks. Thank you so much for paying attention to that. There were some things in there that I loved, 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 loved. The number one thing, is that when health improves, people then adjust their behavior to have less children, not no children. Now, there's a pretty distinct reason. I wanted you to see that, but there's a pretty distinct reason why this occurs. This occurs because, generally speaking, for thousands of years, we had children as a means of ranching, farming, hunting, gathering. It was a way of keeping our herd, our people, our groups alive. It's also a way of making sure somebody is there to take care of us in old age. So statistically, when you look at it, and this data is out there, super easy to find. When you look at the data, most people... Um, if you've got a couple, they want to have at least two children, viable, healthy children that make it into adulthood well, because it gives them the safety of getting old. So when you improve health, you decrease the need 
for six, seven, eight, nine, ten children. If the need for that many to have viable, healthy options it goes down, then the truth of the matter is you tend to have less children because you don't need to have five children to get two healthy adults. So yes, health 100% matters. You also saw on that graph uh, where it was increasing, increasing, increasing. And he used the term a bit scary. I don't share that fear. I don't share that fear because uh, because of the health improvements, but more importantly, I don't share it because at some point, everything meets a, meets a tipping point. Now, could we uh, annihilate the earth before that tipping point reaches like a Petri dish? I mean, theoretically, yes. Will it happen? I don't think so. Uh, there, there, I just don't think there's any way you're going to have 8, 10, 20 billion people on the planet getting a well, getting along well enough that we don't have major population shifts in the other direction. Uh, I just don't think that, that that can occur. Here, let me let me make my case for you. Have you ever lived in a dorm? Have you ever lived with people that um, that annoyed you in close proximity? You ever been in an apartment complex and had people you were frustrated with? Have you ever lived uh, in uh, uh, a, a squad bay in the military? How many times do you see arguments or even fights in those really densely packed populations? Quite a bit. And definitely a lot higher than you would if people were able to spread out a little bit more because then they'd have places to go and get away and they would just, they're, they're, it increases the frequency of, uh, of, of fights, um, arguments and stuff like that pretty easy to see like that that almost seems like common sense i know it's not necessarily but so to me it doesn't seem a bit scary am i attentive to it absolutely obviously i'm a mental health social science guy of course i'm paying attention to these things and it doesn't scare me uh and then he talked about medicines uh solving our population problem with medicines. That was his, his equation. Create medicines, solve population. Uh, I don't think that's the right solution. Um, healing people, yes, but I don't think medicines is necessarily the right avenue. Now, I'm a little biased. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little biased because in the mental health world, what I have learned is that Yes, there is a very clear distinction between the medical world and the mental health world. And the mental health world, it's very, very important that we, we pay attention to your basic everyday life. We meet with people for an hour. A doctor, five minutes, and they give them medicine. So by the nature of it, met the medical model tends to, now I know there are people out there who are exceptions. I've met many of them. Uh, I, I gravitate towards them who, who believe in understanding the whole person. You would see uh, like naturopathic physicians fall into that model. Some medical doctors who are not naturopathic physicians also fall into the, the model of, 
I want to know my patients. I want to treat the whole person. But most medicate and move on. And in that model, I cannot get behind it completely. There are times, there are places that I love the Western medicine model. If you are in a life potentially ending situation, man, Western medicine can keep you alive like nobody's business. Like they could do just, just about anything. You can be dead for an hour and they can keep your body alive so that if you reboot, you come back to, you can, you can re focus and begin to live again. It's pretty phenomenal what they can do to prevent tissue damage, uh, you know, brain damage and stuff like that. And it's not a long-term solution um, for, for most situations. It's a temporary solution. Medicate the symptom and hope, hope that it takes care of the problem. In other words, hope that your body does what it's supposed to do. And that's, you know, that comes into vaccines and all this other stuff. Um, I just don't, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, from the mental health world, I don't necessarily subscribe to medicine is going to cure the population. I do think that health improves the population though. And I said that. So I told you earlier, I want to give you options. The option of saying, well, thank goodness for those suicides because they're controlling the population absolutely not a good option. Somebody died. Somebody lost somebody they love. Every time. Every single time. And there are options. Your personal care. Your relationships. Your mental health. Your physical health. If you do your part to maintain yourself in a good, healthy manner. And you look after the people around you. You're going to very quickly improve the health of you and the people around you. The number one way to do that, love them, pay attention to them, notice when things are off. Like it's not that complicated. And you will improve the health. So here in the United States, a lot of the world views the United States as a very fat nation, like fat as an obese nation. And they're not wrong. So I propose to you, yes, we, we are a first world country here in the United States. We have, we have begun the population decline. We are where, where he put on that graph, the health has gone up. We are not massive population contributors here in the United States. We're just not. But our health isn't good. So what's going to happen when people start dying off at really significant rates? Things, things like heart disease and cancer and, uh, you know, you name it. You know, people are eating unhealthy. They are not exercising the way that they should. We're getting more and more dormant. What do you think is going to happen here in the United States if that stays the trend? We are going to be right back to overpopulation again. Why? Because culture 
always starts from the individual. Always. If the individuals are healthy and taking care of themselves, they will see no need to have six, seven, eight children. Now, some people want that many. Great. More power to you. Not judging you. Not one tiny bit. But the need to have that many children will be gone because you will be healthy. You will be looking after your neighbor. Well, I don't like my neighbor. They're rude. I'm going to say this very strategically. Grow up. You don't have to like everything about your neighbor to love them and pay attention and notice when they're doing unhealthy things and help them to see it in a healthy way. Just like with suicide. If you know somebody who's suicidal, help them. Do something about it. Nothing is a terrible option. Do something. The same is true for the people in your neighborhood. You know, if you, you know somebody in your neighborhood lost a spouse and they're old, walk over and check on them once a week. Keep an eye on them. Make sure they're getting out and doing things. Why? Because health is important to the population control. And we'll more, we're going to be more likely, I believe, to find that balancing point if we're doing a good job of taking care of ourselves. And in part because when we take care of ourselves, we're better at taking care of the things and the people around us as well. You'll drive less. You'll hike more. You might go out and catch your own fish rather than go to the store and buy it. And these things will help our entire world. This was a pretty heavy topic. You got some things to think about. I appreciate you joining us as always. You, you are a good audience and I, you're, you're a thoughtful audience. So thank you for that. Please do all those things that, uh, I keep asking you to do the like, subscribe, follow on different platforms, all that kind of stuff. Share this with people who need it. If they, if you know an overpopulation zealot who would be happy about people being suicidal, like send this to them because that's a terrible answer. Um, if you you know somebody who is suicidal, help them first, but then you know share this with the people around them. Let them know there is help for them. Um, I appreciate your time. I hope you have a wonderful day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate our audience a lot. So we give you some simple ways to track us down. Please like, subscribe, and follow all the podcasts on different platforms. But you can also email us at healthyperspectives at protonmail.com. Or you can check out our website at healthy-perspectives.com slash podcast. It's a backward slash. So if you want to go to our landing page, if you go to healthy dash perspectives.com. You'll still find us. You just got to click on the podcast button. Thank you so much.